Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now. Here's Pastor Raphael. Hello, thanks once more for stopping by and for downloading our program podcast entitled, Where Are We Going? I'm Raphael Martinez, a minister in the Church of God Cleveland Movement, and I'm thanking you for taking the time to listen in. This podcast is one of the services of Spirit Watch Ministries, an outreach of discernment in our deceptive world that has been ongoing since 1993. You can learn more about us at our website, spiritwatch.org, and keep up to date using our Facebook and YouTube links there on the page as well. Our Spare Watch Unchained blog has been around a few years, and we post there with updates and original research when we possibly can, as well as offer exclusive discernment content that you won't find anywhere else. We hope you'll enjoy visiting there as well. And while you're at it, invite your friends, uh, your enemies, your strangers, neighbors, all, anyone else around you, and, and everyone all points in between to listen in as well. We're always seeking a new audience, and we'd appreciate your help. We're now found on Spotify, Google, and Amazon podcast channels. And if you're here visiting, thank you so very much. Pour yourself a nice cup of coffee, even though I don't drink the stuff, <laughs> and relax for the next hour or so. Our podcast has been exploring the hidden closets of two Midwestern cults as of recent, and in today's episode, we're going to be again perusing the dark corners of the Gladstone Community Movement in Marymount, Ohio, now calling itself the Madison Place Community Church. This group of about 100-plus men and women living in an insular neighborhood they've created there prides itself on being a shining example of Christian community, while utterly ignoring how much of a monstrously abusive example of grotesque cultism it really has become. We've been hearing from those who share courageously about what it's really like to live as a resident of what Gladstone believes is the most perfect example of Christian life on the earth, a place so perfect that no one feels there's anywhere else to go, even if their sweet fellowship there sours. Our guest today will certainly beg to differ. We'd like to invite Jody, who had a very close relationship with many in the Gladstone community in the past, and whose concerns demand hearing to our podcast today. We want to welcome Jody Liskey to our broadcast today to the Spirit Watch Virtual Studios, and um, it's it's her testimony to what she's seen and what she's beheld that I think again needs to be heard. Uh, because these are testimonies aren't muckrakings; they're not attempts to slander. They're means of providing for people an alternative perspective on things that they just need to hear and need to consider, especially when considering such a phenomenon as the Gladstone Movement. And so, Jody, thank you for coming tonight, er, and we appreciate your uh, your willingness to share. Uh, and thank you so much once again for for taking the time to stop by. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. Okay. Let me ask you this. Uh, why, why would you want to come and, and talk about something like Gladstone? I mean, I mean, they're a Christian ministry. They're a Christian group. I mean, um, surely, uh, you know, 
the questions being very, very forthrightly asked by a lot of people, you know, why, why are we picking on them? Why, why are we uh, having to make such a big deal about what they do? I mean, it's their freedom uh, to believe as they, as they wish and do as they want. And uh, why, why are you here? Why, why should anyone be here listening to any of this? Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, fair question for someone to ask when you're going real deep into um, exposing something like this, thinking, why don't you go to them? Why didn't you try other means? Which I'm a part of a group that has tried for many years. Um, Matthew 18 says to go to that person first and mm-hmm. take someone, then go take someone with you, then go to the church. In uh, the, the beginning of this, when we started seeing what was going on there, we tried desperately, actually, to try to talk to Zach and the elders, in which um, in a very simple way, it, this wasn't a um, some – we weren't trying to make a big deal of it. We wanted to sit and have conversation with him, and this was refused. And we ended up – uh, quite a while later having this which was just a debacle which mm-hmm. ended up nowhere which was um not we weren't heard we we didn't by the time we got to this other meeting we pretty much knew we didn't think we were going to be heard because we had learned a lot in that time of many people that had tried to talk to them about what they were seeing and yeah. they got nowhere so yeah. Yeah. So, so, so it isn't like um, we're just out here shooting stones at people. I mean, it, it's it's it, this isn't an attempt by you or, or us here or anyone to go out and character assassinate or slander anyone. Um, this is actually a summit, or, or or not a summit, but a synopsis of all that's been going on in attempts to try to reach the Gladstone community and try to get them to understand that there are things afoot among them that clearly aren't biblical, uh, let alone humane or civil. I mean, and, and I appreciate the fact that you were part of the people trying to do that. So we'll get back to that a little bit more, but first you can, maybe you can tell us, you know, um, uh, like who you are and where you've been and, and what you, what you do and, and then, sure. how did you get, how did you first get involved and, and with them? And, and so maybe just get a little background before we step into that. Yeah. Um, my husband and I live the east side of Cincinnati. We've been married 45 years, have 15 grandkids. Uh, I am turning, yeah, turning 66, uh, uh, years old here in a couple of weeks and, um, raised four kids in the neighborhood here of, uh, east of Cincinnati. Right. I have, um, done a lot of different works in the church. I've, uh, I have been a counselor for 20 years and in a formal situations. And now I'm not in any kind of formal situation, but just by word of mouth, talk to mentor, disciple, different people. Um, I'm with my grandkids a lot. I am a mosaic artist. My husband is retired and we have a comfortable life in the East side of Cincinnati, but we have a wonderful church that is like way far away from us that we go to in Williamsburg called clear mountain. And we have a great community of Christians around us, and we feel like we're in a season of what's going on in this country right now, and the Christian community to be bold and strong in in truth of the gospel. Right. And we are, and I think we'll uh, the country's going to enter into a time maybe of hardship with that, and a time of real renewal. And mm-hmm. we are feeling real blessed to be a part of that coming up here. Right. 
And, mm-hmm. and there's definitely a foot in the land, a, a really desperate need to really speak truth and speak truth yes. to power and be able to go ahead and, 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 and declare what is right and what is wrong because that's where our world is. We no longer have those sort of sensitivities anymore. And indeed, that's why our podcast is called what it is. We, we call ourselves, you know, where are we going? Because that's a question mm-hmm. people are asking. Because we we're because we're rootless, we 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 come we've come unglued from that which once uh, held us uh, in place. And even if it was even if it was just a nominal uh, attachment or respect for you know, Christian principles or morals or ethics. Even now, that's completely gone, and and we are now just reaping what we are sown. And um, and I, I appreciate your being wanting to be a part of that, and and that yes. indeed is what is what our uh, our podcast is all about. So, okay. So, um, I appreciate you being here. So tell us, uh, uh, so let's, let's back up. Let's go to the time machine, the, the DeLorean and back up a little bit here. It's now what year, uh, that you got involved and you first heard okay. it. And what were you doing at that time? And, and you got involved? Well, we've, we've always had a large community of Christians that we've been involved with. We have been blessed. We have so many different friends from so many different churches. um, and I don't even know who the first person I heard about Gladstone was from. I just do not remember. But um, I started, it was around 10 years ago. My husband and I, we heard about them. We started going to some of their events down um, where they lived, outside of Marimont. And so this, is 20, have, this is not 2012, right? Uh, I would say, uh, yes, about that. Right, maybe, okay. Maybe nine, 10 years ago. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. And... um we used to have huge parties here uh, at our house, and we would invite them here. They would come to our house. Or we would go there. I used to make tons of food for them. They would come and just see. We just fell in love with them. They're, when when you meet them and the genuineness of the people there, that I am not saying they are playing the hypocrite. A lot of these people that are living there, I will tell you what, it's the method. It's the methods of their organization that is messing these poor kids up. Right. But these kids are genuinely trying to please their elders. They're trying to please God. They believe, and they're they're um, servants, and mm. they're genuinely servants. A lot. Of, um, a lot of them are. And um, so for this time, I uh, we just fell in love with them. I had had some warnings from some of my, one of my son's friends and. Uh, my son about different things to be aware of and they, but I would go to their teaching. Zach is, is a very good teacher and he, um, we had got started going to their teachings and I had probably more than my husband. And, um, during this time we just loved him and I started telling people about it. Uh, and different people were sort of getting involved or going to check it out. And one of our um, adopted sons, we he is like a son, and you had interviewed him, Eric. Um, we had told him about it, and he got involved with it. We were very happy. He had okay. some. He was dealing with some issues and rejection problems and some different addiction problems from his past, and it was going to be a good land, we thought, and a good place for him to go. So, oh, you can eat what's on the stove. Sorry, Raphael. <laughs> Someone just came in to eat. And, um. That's life. It's all right. That's life. It's, 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 it's actually Eric. 
Oh, it is Eric. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, was, uh, so this is Eric who we just interviewed. He's doing fed well. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, he, so he's, he got involved in the community and we were so happy. It was like such a good fit. We were just so blessed to see he was everything is in this community that a 20 year old, 30 year old single person seeking the Lord would want it seemingly. Okay, you have you have a social network that is already pre-made there that is with all these different guys, girls, food, events, and you can just you just land in it and you're part of it. And so but what happened was as time went on there with him and we would talk through the week, I would always just ask him, What are you doing? How are things going? Whatever. And I just began to notice that he would always defer to someone else. Oh, he said I should do this. Or I think I'm going to do this because he wants me to. And I was saying, well, that's good to, you know, get some counsel, some input from some of these mature or peers around you, you know, do, do that. That's good. It's biblical. You know, we should have some good counsel, but then, as any parent would, as any mature leader would, you wean them off of that to let them make their own decisions, to help them prepare themselves for life, life in the Lord, to, to be able to hear God, follow the Holy Spirit, yes, get input and make the decisions, but that didn't happen. Okay. The tightening so, hold. So let me ask you a question though. Let's just back for a moment. So Eric was a part of this work crew you mentioned. Uh, apparently there is a, there is, I, we, we are aware of the fact that, you know, that this is something that, uh, Gladstone seems particularly quite skillful at. They're, they're able to, to, to successfully persuade, uh, the people in community there to understand that, well, to, for a community to survive, there have to be people to work and there has to be energy and, 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 uh, resources gathered by the community, uh, to keep it going. And so therefore they are organizing work bands, work groups, uh, in such a way that, uh, that, that people are, are actually organized in a very highly way, in a, in a very high manner, uh, to actually work and, 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 uh, commit themselves to, uh, menial chores or whatever it is they feel they can do to help support that. And, uh, part of those work crews, uh, apparently are, are stemming from involve, uh, uh, actually involve people who are, who are leaving, uh, recovery programs and need some source of, 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 of a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some source of, uh, of, uh, Structure and, 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 and planning in their lives. Something that helps them, you know, pattern and develop good patterns of, of responsible living in their lives. So that's the sort of people. Now, am I, am I wrong by saying all that? Is, is that what was going on at, at, at Gladstone when you first met them? And, and, and this is something that I Eric was say I know that. I think they would take people from all different walks of life. I think one avenue was taking people that were coming out of a program, but I think they would take all kinds of people. And when you do know, when you get on there, you sign on for one person community and you are on, you could be in one of their teams of all their different businesses, or you could work an outside job and still contribute your entire paycheck to that. That is a given. Right. But, but the thing is that the, the catches here to me is that, this is a Christian community and, and they're, they teach the Bible, but they have missed this. 
of growing and raising young men and women. And that's where we wanted to step into this and say, look, we're not perfect. We, My husband and I have raised four kids, three of them boys and our daughter, and we know all these other parents, too, that have. This is not how you raise healthy people. You do not come into their life and control their life in every aspect. Giving them a stipend a week, a 25 bucks a week, and then not teaching a man that's going to be married or is married how to, how to even, uh, use the computer to, to run his business or to pay his bills or to, um, plan his own little vacation or buy his kids extra shoes. The things that a person in a family would teach their kids to teach to grow up and do, rise and fall, make a bad decision, get up again and do. All this stu- all these decisions, big and small, are taken out of these young people's hands, and they don't grow up in a way that's a, of an understanding this, their own autonomy in the Lord of becoming the person God wants them to be. They are inadvertently taught that, Becoming more godly is surrendering yourself more and more to the authority there and listening and no, not doing this. Whatever they wanted to tell you is what you do. And it's an easy, some people maybe it's an easier life because you have no decisions. You don't have to think through anything, but it's a gnawing, ugly spiritual reality in the end of it all. And they, they're feeling it there and people know something's wrong, but they can't put their finger on it because they've been taught that this wrong teaching on authority and what real spiritual authority is, is what Gladstone is doing, not something else. And they're shamed. If they want to think of outside the box, outside of what this is, which they need to do to be able to see how God wants to grow them and disciple them and to be in these young people that God desires them to be. But they get caught, they get stuck, and then not only are they stuck in their own spirituality and identity, but they don't have money. They don't have any kind of, uh, a lot of people, a lot of these kids don't have a solid family life they can't turn back to. You know, they don't have nothing else. What are they going to, they're going to give up their whole life there for what? You know, they have, maybe they have even have a few kids. But this is the shame of it all is that there's, there's elders and there's a, and, um, uh, that are controlling the lives of all these young people and not growing them up in the Lord. And this right. is what we are, this is what gets us, my husband and I, and a group of parents. We have a group that, that, um, talk that we want to help these kids. We want to help them. A lot of them, I, they don't think well of us, maybe. We don't. We love them. We want to see them become all God wants them to be and get out from under a, a, a spiritual darkness that is controlling them. God's spirit does not control people. He leads them. He doesn't bring shame. He doesn't bring guilt. It's not a motive to, to change. Right. But this is, this has just been so hardwired into them from the beginning from them that they don't know any different. They right. sense the shame and the guilt and they are just literally devastated. Right. I've seen this. I saw it with Eric. 
uh, we went through it with Eric. Eric left. He, he just took huge falls when he left because he was devastated. It wasn't just guilt and shame. There was a darkness that was just oppressing him so hard that he couldn't even function because he had nothing all of a sudden. Not only, it, not only is that aspect of it that you come out of, of this. So you're 20 and 30 and you're single. Okay. You come out of this thing. You have, you, you have no, so you have no social life anymore. Okay. All your friends are gone. You, you don't, you can't, you don't, the churches for the most part, we go to small groups once or twice a week, but there's not this strong community. United, in the United States, we don't have this strong community in churches of, of people hanging out together. Right. You know, there's but just to, not. But to play devil's advocate there, and that's what I'm doing right now, but, but wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't someone from, from, uh, Gladstone just say, but, but you say we don't have friends, but we have the community. We have that community. They all love each other. We, we, we're all one family. We're yes, also together. Yes. So, but what, what can you, but, but, but there's something to be said about the quality of that family. And, and can you comment on that? Yeah, that totally is. And I can say that as one who came out of a cult. I came out of a cult myself years ago. There is a sacrifice, but you know, God calls us to sacrifice. You, if you're in there and those are all your friends, those are all your social life. That's the only thing you knew. There's all your events. And you would come out, and I've seen this with other people there. They came out, and they're, they don't, not only have nothing and nothing to do and no community, they, they are under this cloud of oppression, of dark oppression, until if they can get with the Lord, get with people that can mentor them, and get on their feet again in Jesus. But it, there is, I don't belittle that. They will, when you come out, there will be a sacrifice. There is of giving up that, but God is bigger and he will provide. When I came out of the cult I was in, I lost everything overnight, everything, all my friends, all my, the people I hung out with, everything I did. And I just, I just sought the Lord, just staying. I just always was seeking the Lord and he gave me a friend and he gave me another friend in another church that was outside of this group. And he built a new life for me. It's, it might not happen overnight, yeah. but God is faithful. He is faithful to, to do that. And right. you might not know what, how that looks like, but he is faithful. And, and so you're saying, and, and as we've been hearing that, that seems to be a really, really, uh, foundational common denominator for people who leave a place like, uh, like Gladstone. They leave crushed. They leave shattered and unable to, to really function for themselves. Like, like Scott said a couple of weeks, several weeks ago, you know, he said, you know, you can, you can, you can leave a church and go on to find another church and, you know, and, and you'll get adjusted in no time. When you leave from Gladstone, you leave completely broken. You leave, you leave com- completely unable to perceive that there's any, car- any kind of future for yourself outside. And so that seems to be something that, that a lot of young people uh, who are there right now in class or now are, 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 they're bound there because they, they can't see beyond that. They can't believe that there really is any place else to go. And, and that seems to be a, a real struggle for, for so many of them in thinking. Even, even considering the notion of leaving or, or, or looking beyond it. And then that's something that, uh, that appears to be something that really binds so many there. 
I'm sure that many of them don't even want to consider it because they don't want to face the fallout. They've seen it with other people and they know what it's going to look like. And it's, it's nothing they can handle emotionally. And they just, they don't want to do it. Let me give an example here with Eric. So, um, as we're, as I'm going through these weeks with Eric and saying, but Eric, what do you think? What do you, getting alone with the Lord, think about, you know, anything. So something would come up. I'd ask him, what do you think? And he'd say, well, so this person told me I should do this. I said, but what do you think? What do you think? Do you have the Holy Spirit living in you? Yes. Get their, get their, um, input. But what do you think? And he just couldn't go there. Well, I, I don't, you know, well, maybe I sort of, but he thinks, you know, that's how the conversation will go. Well, I, um, so a job situation came up and he was, he was okay. I mean, he was, he was going along with his job, but a friend of us, a friend of ours had a job opening and, um, and I mentioned it to him. I said, this, this guy has this job opening. Would you, would you want to even look at it? I said, no big deal if you don't, but it just came open. And he said, you know, I'd really, really like that. He said, I don't know how that's going to go. I said, let me say to you this. Let this be a, um, a testing ground for you because in a healthy church or Christian group, if, um, or any community at that, if you would have a job opportunity that you think that you would like to take, that's, you know, healthy, it's nothing unethical about it. Mm-hmm. Your community would support you, maybe give you input, but support you in that. A healthy community would say, yeah, tell us about it. What are you doing? How's the interview? Or, you know, they would, they would walk with you through it. And just friends. So I said, I said, you have all rights to do that. We have, my husband and I, I said, Eric, we have no opinion on it with you. Go into it and see what you think. You know, we, it sounds like it's nice. It might not be a good fit. Just walk into it and see what you think. You, when he started walking into that, it just, it just literally, it just blew up in his face. It was like, it was to us even more so, uh, just to see how they reacted to this. That it was like, oh, you're going to let us down. You're, um, it, it was all about him turning, doing turncoat on the community and not coming under the elders, what, you know, what an elder would want them to do. Or it was all about, um, how he was making wrong decisions and he, they, he didn't go through them. It was, it was just crazy. It was insane. And I think that was sort of an eye, it was an eye opening for him a bit. It was just one of many. But I just say that as an example to, like, hopefully these people that are in there would see this stuff is in, this is not at all biblical. You are free in Christ to make some of these decisions and get you this input. When you have people pounding on you to control you like this, you you need to take a second look at what you're involved in here. Um, so how long did it take? How long did it take before you? I mean, you said you got involved in 2012, 10 years ago, and you, you, you obviously, the, it seemed all very innocuous, seemed very innocent, seemed very pure and biblical. How long was it before you started seeing things weren't adding up? Uh, and uh, I mean, you're obviously you're, you're giving us a different perspective now, which is which is 
yeah. the way it is. But how long did it take before you started seeing these rough edges that, that couldn't be explained well, away? Not, not until Eric got involved did I see this at all. Not until he, you know, got into the inner workings and was very involved and embedded in it did I see, we see this at all. You what wouldn't year see was it at that? All. What year would that have been? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I'm bad at that. So, you know, let's say a year after I first met them, maybe. Okay. Maybe, I guess. Uh, that's I don't fine. Know. That's fine. Um, so he, uh, yeah, it, because as I said, he's, that's a really good teacher. And I'm going to leave it at that. Maybe he is a teacher and he's got off the wrong road, you know, and there's mercy there. I, I'm not going to say how he's, God is looking at him. I just know that what he's, how he's training kids and people right now is, is wrong. It's biblically wrong and it's dark. And, and that's what is clear to us. And a lot of other parents and people that have come out that are sort of, are quiet, are quiet now. Let them heal, let people deal with it, you know, but they, that is very, very clear to us. So, yeah. I don't want to say this about the community that, like, they have a lot of the elders have a lot of biblical knowledge, understanding of scripture, and can teach and can can you know teach much better than most people in there. I don't be intimidated. I would hope the key people in there that are considering what's going on in Gladstone aren't intimidated by their biblical knowledge and their ways they they can talk you down. You can be led by the Holy Spirit and understand what's going on with even with having a lot less maturity in, in scripture than other people, because there's telltale signs that are not of the Holy Spirit. If you sense the control if you sense this, if they're telling a lie or if they're telling the truth, but if you sense that these, uh, this group, this elder, this pastor, whatever, has an element of control that would be manifest in this way, in dominating, intimidating, or manipulating you in some way, and you can, the, the newest Christian can sense that in their spirit, and they might put that to death and say, and say, you know, they might be yeah. around someone and say, dude, I just feel manipulated here, but I guess yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah, you, know, you, know, you, yeah, you don't have to be a believer to understand when you're being being bullied. Yes. And being controlled and manipulated. So, when you're a Christian, you have that sense in the Holy Spirit that you can sense when you are being controlled or intimidated by something like, oh man, I liked it, but you're so intimidated. Someone is speaking over you or dominating you or manipulating you. Trust that that is never the Holy Spirit. Never. He never does that. Okay, you know, we believe that. We understand that, but why don't anyone people, why are so many young people there in Gladstone not seeing that? Well, I don't think they, I don't think they have the spiritual uh, awakening to see that yet. I think if they do, if they start to understand that, because they've just been taught, this is how authority works. This is how we function. And if they begin to see, have some, have some, um, wisdom and knowledge in the scriptures of, of the gentleness of a leader, that's not to say a leader doesn't reprove or bring discipline, but it's not in a control. He doesn't control all the people in the church. He doesn't control every aspect of your life. He might pull you aside and say, Hey, you know what? This, you can't live here. You're in sexual sin or that, you know, God speed to you and, and we hope the best for you. <clears throat> but he's not going to come in and control that, um, uh, you know, what you're going to do at night or, or if you, when you want to go over to your mom's house or when you want to go spend the night with your friend in Cleveland or something, you know, 
It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's this whole aspect of control. And then when you say something and you're out of line, you feel this heavy hand of intimidation come on. You're dominating from an elder. You realize this isn't the enemy. This is not the spirit of the Holy Spirit. And I believe if kids got that, if these guys got this under them and have a basis, a, a solid basis of the love of God and how God disciplines and how God moves and how he raises up young men and women, he, they, <clears throat> they would see what is going on there. Mm-hmm. So you see, it's just purely a spiritual thing, a, pure, a spiritual bondage. I think a, a, a spiritual battle is a big part of it. Right. Excuse me. And it it is also part of the the whole the whole belly of the beast. I mean, it's like you said, these young people with no life experience or bad life experience are brought into a situation where where their environment is completely controlled. It's completely um, uh, curated and steered and, and, and socially engineered to where, where they're taught that, that to question or think for themselves is like, is like a second deadly sin. And so mm-hmm. they, they, they stop thinking. Their, their, their thinking actually ceases. And, 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 and in essence, uh, that's what, uh, like I said, the, the, what they are doing here is just not, not growing, like you said, they're not developing, and in essence, this this is where the, the control really bites in hard. It, it's as much the spiritual side as it is developmental, and I think that's mm-hmm. a, that's a very important part for people to understand that that's where the bondage comes from. It's and that's mm-hmm. where people are just not people are, are, are stay in places like like Glasgow because they don't know better. And the ability for them to understand the workings of the spirit, as, as you've mentioned, uh, are, are totally shut down because it's all been, they've been taught. It's all channeled through Zach and the eldership and those over them, right? Uh, seemingly, yeah. I mean, how, however, they're, they, they work through their different people, but they aren't allowed to have their, if they have a contrary voice to what is being taught, what is being, um, what they want to do there, or they don't have a voice. They aren't told to, um, you know, to go with that. Or like, like that, that example I just said, like Eric, um, who wanted to do that job. And, and he was still going to do one purse. It wasn't like he was even leaving community. Um, that any, any parent I know, and I'm, as I said, I'm 66 years old. I've raised, we've raised kids. They, they would want their kid to have that healthy process of understanding that, right? Mm-hmm. You would want that. You want, you would want your kid. And then you gotta let the leash off a little, you know, your kid, maybe he's immature, <clears throat> he falls and he gets up again, you, he might get grounded or something happened, but then you just let the leash out more and they grow and they mature and you pray and they mature in the Lord. You know, hopefully they get a hold of the Lord and a stronger way for themselves. But that's how a, that's how you raise kids. Look in the natural to see the spiritual. A lot of times you can see um, that just how a parent raises a healthy parent in a healthy Christian home raises a kid. Well, this is not going on there. You know, I'm not saying that, but but they are sitting in the place of elders and like parents of these kids. Okay, these younger people, they're not kids. I, I say kids, they're not kids. I mean, my kids are in their 30s and 40s now. But so these are, 
these are people that need that should have long ago been able to stand on their own and and raise a household but they're even taught that having a household or de- desiring their own own house their own independent living outside where they would be uh, learn how to take care of their own family they're they're not being taught that I, I believe that a lot of this is happening and it's emasculating a man. And I'm not saying maybe he's not masculine. I'm saying they, they're taking the responsibility of a, a godly head of a house that's a servant leader, but truly leading uh, and teaching a man how to lead a, a house in a godly servant way. They're taking that away from a man because they're stepping in and telling this man how to raise his house. How to, how to, you know, tell, you know, that a wife has to go back to work, like within a short time after a pregnancy and after a birth. That should be their family's decision. No one should step in and tell a family when a wife should be going back to work or not. If she wants to go back to work and it's, and her and her husband have decided that, go. If she wants to stay home with the kids, but, but the community is walking in on this and telling them. And here's the funny, this is the bad thing. You sort of signed up for this going there. But I think, I think now, you know, a lot of these people are trapped. They don't have, they don't have an, another place to turn. Right. They, um, and they do, ah, they, that's the hard thing is, is that they, um, they are in a way trapped in a place that they don't know what to do next. And that's what, a lot of um, my friends and I that hey, we have been meeting and we do have a concern and some parents have more concern because they have involvement there. Uh, we, we want to help. We want to be a, we want to be a refuge. We want to be able to talk to people and help them out, you know, help them to what they would need at the next step. You know, mm-hmm. ultimately, as I said, we had tried to talk to Zach you know, I'm not trying to come in like a, to be his counselor. He didn't ask me to. I'm going to come in, and my husband and I were going to come in and, and talk to him like a mom and dad because of saying, "Look, this is not how you raise kids. This is not this is not how you do. You're not going to make healthy, spiritual kids that can make their own decisions in the Lord." But well, you, you know, unfortunately. You mentioned the fact that, well, you were part of a process that tried to bring, uh, bring the, the critical need for Zach and the elders to recognize this before them. And, and maybe you can now, now we can at this point move back into our discussion. You, you began discussing how that took place and how that, how that started and, you know, what happened and, and, and where did it go and what was going on there? But what, what actually got you really uh, to the point where you just feel like you need to actually go and, 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 and confront them? What, what stemmed from that? Well, as I said, just watching Eric and watching him being controlled, we, it was just a simple request. That's the best way to explain it of just wanting to sit and talk to him or talk to him on the phone. We just like call him and say, Hey, listen, this is what we're seeing. What do you, what's your, what's your take on this or what, what's going on? It could have been that simple. That's all we wanted. And, um, and it was just refused. And this is not new as I, as we've walked into this more. I have heard this from many other people, 
parents that and people that have tried to have a sit down with these elders or Zach and it has not happened. So, so as time went on with this, uh, and we just kept on saying, my husband would talk, Zach had brought other people in on this. It was crazy. It's like, what do you, why are we bringing other people in? We just, we're not going to hound you here. We just want to sit and talk to you. And, but it became this bigger issue that culminated in a bigger meeting we had with several pastors and, um, and some, and some support. Mostly it was just supporters of Gladstone. And, um, there was another pastor there that was not really supporting Gladstone, but he didn't really talk. And, And my husband and I just got to say just exactly what we're saying now. Just about the wrong kind of authority, the control, the, that we believe it's a cult. The cult being not just, um, identified by some false biblical teachings of authority and other things, but of the control issues. It's, it's, it's control. Really a really big issue. And I mean, a really big, uh, hot button controversy. Well, it, it was, it's silly. It was, I don't, I didn't think this meeting was, it was just supposed to be a simple thing. It, it wasn't, it was no big deal, this meeting. No one really talked. Um, people talked about, um, how they supported Gladstone and the good things Gladstone did and, and they've done all those things. You know, they're, as I said, if you see them, they're, they are very serving. They're very giving and very serving. And, um, from, from when you see that, that's that's how that's all the impression you have of them but that's but you know we were just happy that we got to share what we wanted to share okay and we just believe that when you share what god has put on your heart to share you leave it in god's hands and go and if people other men people didn't see it or they didn't want to share it that's that's them that's on them that's you know however why they didn't or or didn't see it we don't know but it just, you know, it just didn't go anywhere. The meeting went nowhere. And so, you know, we just left it. We we did what we did, and we felt we had a good sense about it, got to speak what we did, and that was it. So, um, you know, we just, we just let it go. But there's we have been concerned over the years, and along with other parents and people that have come out, and we – we we won't not have a voice. We will have a voice with this because because there's kids in there that are suffering. There's people in there under this control, like Eric was, that need to have people speak into this. And um, like Christy, Christy has paid a price. I, I hear her. She's a friend of mine now, and she has basically – lost relationships with her kids and and boy she she loves her kids so much but this this thing has put a wall between them and and there's others too so but uh there's no agenda with us uh, as far as like it's when we talk or when we have meet together we simply want to be the body of christ but those people who would like to talk to someone or would want to have a way out 
or just need someone to talk to. That's just as simple as it is. Right. Right. And, you know, something Zach says about himself, you know, uh, on their Madison Place website, uh, he he, he has actually an entire section of his website discussing uh, the the matter of controversies. And he says this, he says, um, uh, it's our sincere prayer that the Father would, by his grace, give us the ability to admit and change when we are wrong. The compassion and love to forgive when we are wronged, and the wisdom and light to walk wisely before him in these dark days. Now, that's a very high and very noble standard to, uh, to set yourself up to, to, uh, um, to aspire to, but it's clearly nothing that Zach really is, is really abiding by, nor, nor any of his elders, is it? You know, I, reminds me of the saying that, be very, very, very careful when, um, when the enemy is speaking lies, but, uh, but be more careful when he's speaking truth. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and you, we have to, that's, that, the things like that is what's very confusing to people in there. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's a correct statement. Right. It and it's, Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's, and it and it seems to people that are caught up in there that when persecution or or what is perceived as persecution would rise up against them and voice against them, that they are being um, martyred or persecuted for truth. Okay. Right. Right. So it's it's it is going to take when you're in a cult. And I can, I'm just saying this from who I'm counseled and from my experience, you have got to be willing to stand against the flow and hear a voice of truth. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to have to be, and, and I, my heart is with them because there is a price to pay. And, but there's a gain on the other side down the road. Right. But, but, you know, they were going to have to listen and, and, and go back, go back. I just, if anything, it's just that. Go back to the, the whole spirit of the whole thing. Again, identify the ministry of what you're being taught under. And if those aspects of that ministry are there, get out. If you are being manipulated, if you are being controlled, if you are being intimidated, you may not even know you're being intimidated because you've been intimidated so long or dominated. But if you're going to be honest with yourself, you will know this is happening to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you've got to be willing then to stand up, call someone for help. You might not go through it alone. You know, call someone and... um you know, because the shaming will hit you to the core because you've been so open to the shaming and, um, the, 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 uh, just the, re- the idea of being rebuked for doing something you're about to do. You've got to be just willing to do it. But there are, there, the, what the good thing is there's us mothers and fathers and grandmothers on the outside now that are willing to, uh, are willing to love you in the Lord. Right. And that is important for people to understand yeah. that there is life outside a very closed circle. There really, it truly is that life. It's just for people to understand that everything that they've been seeing, everything they've been experiencing that hasn't added up 
and really, as you've mentioned, really shows that there's some very bad things going on there, uh, shouldn't be any longer just tolerated as just something that you, you, uh, let flow as part of a consequence of being in, in a, in a community that is suffering, uh, all kinds of persecution. And so therefore you just give them the easy out. Like you said, many people don't understand that who are living there is that, you know, if, if they were anybody else outside, uh, Gladstone seeing what they are seeing and someplace else, they would immediately call out for what it is, abuse. A manipulation. They would immediately call out for, for what it, what it actually is going on there. They would see that, say, well, this is cultic. Uh, th- this is damaging. Uh, this is unbiblical. Uh, but in, in a movement like Gladstone, they've been successfully persuaded to shut their brains off, to stop critically thinking, and to right. just let their spiritual uh, cues and all their thinking flow from one source. And, and in the meantime, they're kept so busy working in this work covenant, working for this community, constantly on the go, and then being subject to criticism by anyone around them who can call them out for whatever slight they see, that they're always on the go. They, they never have a chance to think straight. They never have a chance to really, really relate properly. I mean, they and they're taught that the only acceptable way to socialize is with each other. And mm-hmm. to and to draw only upon one another's perspectives as the only source of truth, as long as it lines up with what Zach and the elders teach, and mm-hmm. they teach beautifully. They teach mm-hmm. these beautiful, biblical, uh, high-flowing, beautiful thoughts about about unity and community and loving each other and doing what Jesus wants. And yet, and they're teaching through the Bible. And yet, at the same time, what they do. How they exercise authority is 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 utterly abusive, utterly crushing, and, and, and utterly um, uh, so anti-Christian to the core. And 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 that's what I'm. When certainly, I certainly do agree with you, and certainly will pray with you that these young men and women and that are there will finally wake up and and smell the pizza. So, Jody, mm-hmm. I, you've you've brought to us a very unique perspective. Uh, since you're, you're, you're not a former member, but you've been very close to a lot of the people there. So as, as we, cl- as we close the interview today, is there anything else you'd like to say, uh, to perhaps anyone else there that, that may be listening that, that would take, uh, some really good, uh, counsel from what you're about to say? Um, not really. I, I think it's just mainly, uh, uh, what I did say and, um, I add, and I guess I would just add to it again. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to step out into a whole new way here. That question, question things. Don't be afraid. God's given you that, that, um, check. He's given you that thing in, that wants you to be using the faculties of your spirit enlightened mind to know some things that you have not been able to, um, investigate you have not been able to even think these things through they're too dangerous in that community but maybe think through some of these things think this you know i maybe would like to do this i sort of want to step out of something and it's okay in the lord it's okay to do that um and i think i just challenge to break out of the box here Life is short and God is good, and we just need to come to a new place of saying, I'm going to 
kick the walls down here and, and go a new direction maybe. Right. As, and, yeah. and that's, that's a closing, a great closing exhortation. And one of the things I, I've always liked to say is one of these days we're going to get together a t-shirt and we're going to do it as a fundraiser for our ministry. And it's just going to say two words on it. Question authority, Revelation chapter two, verse two, where Jesus said, I know you can't tolerate wicked people, but you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not, and you found them false. So Jesus is saying here, it's okay to question legitimately. It's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay to question even those who come off like they're the apostles of God. He he mm-hmm. he, he commended the church for doing that, and so that's a good lead, closing thought that we'd like to yes. leave with our with our, uh, our audience today. So once again, Jody, thank you so much uh, for your input today. It surely well, has been a blessing. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Uh, okay. <laughs> you still there, Jody? We want to welcome Joey Liskey to our broadcast today to the Spirit Watch Virtual Studios, and um, it's it's her testimony to what she's seen and what she's beheld that I think again needs to be heard uh, because these are testimonies aren't muckrakings; they're not attempts to slander. They're means of providing for people an alternative perspective on things that they just need to hear and need to consider. Especially when considering such a phenomenon as the Gladstone movement. And so, Jody, thank you for coming tonight, er, and we appreciate your uh, your willingness to share. Uh, and thank you so much once again for for taking the time to stop by. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. Okay, let me ask you this: uh, Why why would you want to come and, and talk about something like Gladstone? I mean, I mean, they're a Christian ministry, they're a Christian group. I mean. Um, Surely, uh, you know, the question is being very, very forthrightly asked by a lot of people. You know, why, why are we picking on them? Why, why are we uh, having to make such a big deal about what they do? I mean, it's, they have freedom uh, to believe as they, as they wish and do as they want. And uh, why, why are you here? Why, why should anyone be here listening to any of this? Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, fair question for someone to ask when you're going real deep into um, exposing something like this, thinking, why don't you go to them? Why didn't you try other means? Which I'm a part of a group that has tried for many years. Um, Matthew 18 says to go to that person first and mm-hmm. take someone, then go take someone with you, then go to the church. In uh, the, the beginning of this, when we started seeing what was going on there, we tried desperately actually to try to talk to Zach and the elders in which um in a very simple way if this wasn't a um some we weren't trying to make a big deal of it we wanted to sit and have conversation with him and this was refused and we ended up 
uh, quite a while later having this, which was just a debacle, which mm-hmm. ended up nowhere, which was um, not, we weren't heard. We, we didn't, it, by the time we got to this other meeting, we pretty much knew we didn't think we were going to be heard because we had learned a lot in that time of many people that had tried to talk to them about what they were seeing and yeah. they got nowhere. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, so it isn't like, um, we're just out here shooting stones at people. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, this isn't an attempt by you or, or us here or anyone to go out and character assassinate or slander anyone. Um, this is actually a summit or, or, or not a summit, but a synopsis of all that's been going on in attempts to try to reach the Gladstone community and try to get them to understand that there are things afoot among them that clearly aren't biblical, uh, let alone humane or civil. I mean, and, and I appreciate the fact that you were part of the people trying to do that. So we'll get back to that a little bit more. But first, you can maybe you can tell us, you know, um, uh, like who you are and where you've been and, and what you what you do and. And then, sure. and how did you get? How did you first get involved and in, and with them? And and so maybe just give a little background before we step into that. Yeah, um, my husband and I live the east side of Cincinnati. We've been married forty five years. Have fifteen grandkids. Uh-huh. I am turning yeah turning sixty six uh, uh, years old here in a couple of weeks, and um, raised four kids in the neighborhood here of uh, east of Cincinnati. Right. I have um, done a lot of different works in the church. I've uh, I have been a counselor for 20 years and in the formal situations. And now I'm not in any kind of formal situation, but just by word of mouth, talk to mentor, disciple, different people. Um, I'm with my grandkids a lot. I am a mosaic artist. My husband is retired and we have a comfortable life in the East side of Cincinnati, but we have a wonderful church that is like way far away from us that we go to in Williamsburg called clear mountain. And we have a great community of Christians around us, and we feel like we're in a season of what's going on in this country right now, and the Christian community to be bold and strong in in truth of the gospel. Right. And we are, and I think we'll, uh, the country is going to enter into a time maybe of hardship with that, and a time of real renewal. And mm-hmm. we are feeling real blessed to be a part of that coming up here. Right. And, mm-hmm. and there's definitely a foot in the land, a, a really desperate need to really speak truth and speak truth yes. to power and be able to go ahead and, and, and declare what is right and what is wrong, because that's where our world is. We no longer have those sort of sensitivities anymore. And indeed, that's why our podcast is called what it is. We, we call ourselves, you know, where are we going? Because that's a question mm-hmm. people are asking. Because we, we're, because we're rootless. We, we, we've come, we've come unglued from that which once, uh, held us, uh, in place. Even if it was, even if it was just a nominal, uh, attachment or respect for, you know, Christian principles or morals or ethics even. Now that's completely gone. And, and we are now just reaping what we are sown. And, um, and I, I appreciate your being wanting to be a part of that. And, and that yes. indeed is what, is what we're, uh, our podcast is all about. So, Great. okay. So, um, I appreciate you being here. So tell us, uh, uh, so let's, let's back up. Let's go to the time machine, the, the DeLorean and back up a little bit here. It's now what year, uh, that you got involved and you first heard okay. it. And what were you doing at that time and, and you got involved? 
Well, we've we've always had a large community of Christians that we've been involved with. We have been blessed. We have so many different friends from so many different churches. Um, and I don't even know who the first person I heard about Gladstone was from. I just do not remember. But um, I started, it was around 10 years ago. My husband and I, we heard about them. We started going to some of their events down um, where they live outside of Marimont. And so this, is 20, have, this is not 2012, right? Uh, I would say, uh, yes, about that. Right. Okay. Maybe nine, ten years ago. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, we used to have huge parties here uh, at our house, and we would invite them here. They would come to our house. We would go there. I used to make tons of food for them. They would come and just be. We just fell in love with them. There, when when you meet them. And the genuineness of the people there, that I am not saying they are playing the hypocrite, a lot of these people that are living there, I will tell you what, it's the method, it's the methods of their organization that is messing these poor kids up. But these kids are genuinely trying to please their elders, they're trying to please God, they believe, and they're, they're, um, servants. And they're genuinely servants. A lot, of, um, a lot of them are. And um, so, for this time, I uh, we just fell in love with them. I had had some warnings from some of my, one of my son's friends and uh, my son about different things to be aware of. And they, but I would go to their teaching. Zach is is a very good teacher, and he, um, we had got started going to their teachings, and I had probably more than my husband. And um, during this time, we just loved them, and I started telling people about it, uh, and different people were sort of getting involved or going to check it out. And one of our um, adopted sons, we he is like a son, and you had interviewed him, Eric. Um, we had told him about it, and he got involved with it. We were very happy. He had okay. some – he was dealing with some issues and rejection problems and some different – addiction problems from his past and it was going to be a good land we thought and a good place for him to go so oh you can eat what's on the stove sorry Raphael. <laughs> someone just came in to eat and um that's life sorry that's life it's, it's eric, it's it's eric. oh it is eric well okay yeah. well, uh, it was, so this is eric who we just interviewed <laughs> He's being fed well. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, he, so he's, he got involved in the community, and we were so happy. It was like such a good fit. We were just so blessed to see he was – everything is in this community that a 20-year-old, 30-year-old single person seeking the Lord would want it seemingly. Okay, you have you have a social network that is already pre-made there that is with all these different guys, girls, food, events, and you can just you just land in it and you're a part of it. And so but what happened was as time went on there with him and we would talk through the week, I would always just ask him, What are you doing? How are things going, whatever. And I just began to notice that he would always defer to someone else. Oh, he said I should do this. Or I think I'm going to do this because he wants me to. And I was saying, well, that's good to, you know, get some counsel, some input from some of these mature 
or peers around you, you know, do do that. That's good. It's biblical. You know, we should have some good counsel. But then, as any parent would, as any mature leader would, you wean them off of that to let them make their own decisions, to help them prepare themselves for life, life in the Lord, to to be able to hear God, follow the Holy Spirit, yes, get input, and make good decisions. But that didn't happen. Okay. The tightening so, hole. So let me ask you a question. Now, let's just back up a moment. So Eric was a part of this work crew you mentioned. Uh, apparently, there was, there was, I, we, we are aware of the fact that, you know, that this is something that uh, Gladstone seems particularly quite skillful at. They're, they're able to, to successfully persuade uh, the people in community there to understand that, well, to, for a community to survive, there have to be people to work and there has to be energy and, 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 uh, resources gathered by the community, uh, to keep it going. And so therefore they are organizing work bands, work groups, uh, in such a way that, uh, that, that people are, are actually organized in a very highly way, in a, in a very high manner, uh, to actually work. And, 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 uh, commit themselves to, uh, menial chores or whatever it is they feel they can do to help support that. And, uh, part of those work crews, uh, apparently are, are stemming from involve, uh, um, actually involve people who are, who are leaving, uh, recovery programs and need some source of, 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 of a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some source of, uh, of, uh, Structure and, 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 and planning in their lives. Something that helps them, you know, pattern and develop good patterns of, of responsible living in their lives. So that's the sort of people. Now, am I, am I wrong by saying all that? Is, is that what was going on at, at, at Gladstone when you first met them? And, and, and this is something that I Eric couldn't was say I know of. that. I think they would take people from all different walks of life. I think one avenue was taking people that were coming out of a program, but I think they would take all kinds of people. And when you do know, when you get on there, you sign on for one person community and you are on, you could be in one of their teams of all their different businesses, or you could work an outside job and still contribute your entire paycheck to that. That is a given. Right. But, but the thing is that this, the catches here to me is that this is a Christian community and, and they're, they teach the Bible, but they have missed this of growing and raising young men and women. And that's where we wanted to step into this and say, look, we're not perfect. We, my husband and I have raised four kids, three of them boys and our daughter. And we know all these other parents too that have, this is not how you raise healthy people. You do not come into their life and control their life in every aspect. Giving them a stipend a week, a 25 bucks a week, and then not teaching a man that's going to be married or is married how to, how to even, uh, use the computer to, to run his business or to pay his bills or to um, plan his own little vacation or buy his kids extra shoes. The things that a person in a family would teach their kids to teach, to grow up and do, rise and fall, make a bad decision, get up again and do. All this stu- all these decisions, big and small, are taken out of these young people's hands, and they don't grow up in a way that's a, of an understanding this, their own autonomy in the Lord of 
becoming the person God wants them to be. They are inadvertently taught that becoming more godly is surrendering yourself more and more to the authority there and listening and no, not doing this. Whatever they wanted to tell you is what you do. And it's an easy, some people maybe it's an easier life because you have no decisions. You don't have to think through anything, but it's a gnawing, ugly spiritual reality in the end of it all. And they, they're feeling it there and people know something's wrong, but they can't put their finger on it because they've been taught that this wrong teaching on authority and what real spiritual authority is, is what Gladstone is doing, not something else. And they're shamed if they want to think of outside the box, outside of what this is, which they need to do to be able to see how God wants to grow them and disciple them and to be in these young people that God desires them to be. But they get caught, they get stuck. And then not only are they stuck in their own spirituality and identity, but they don't have money. They don't have any kind of, uh, a lot of people, a lot of these kids don't have a solid family life they can't turn back to. You know, they don't have nothing else. What are they gonna, they're gonna give up their whole life there for what? You know, they have, maybe they have even have a few kids. But this is the shame of it all is that there's, there's elders and there's a, and um, uh, that are controlling the lives of all these young people and not growing them up in the Lord. And this right. is what we are, this is what gets us, my husband and I, and a group of parents. We have a group that, that um, talk that we want to help these kids. We want to help them. A lot of them, I, they don't think well of us maybe. We don't. We love them. We want to see them become all God wants them to be and get out from under a, a, a spiritual darkness that is controlling them. God's spirit does not control people. He leads them. He doesn't bring shame. He doesn't bring guilt. It's not a motive to, to change. Right. But this is this has just been so hardwired into them from the beginning from them that they don't know any different. They right. sense the shame and the guilt, and they are just literally devastated. Right. I've seen this. I saw it with Eric. Uh, we went through it with Eric. Eric left. He he just took huge falls when he left because he was devastated. It wasn't just guilt and shame. There was a darkness that was just oppressing him so hard that he couldn't even function because he had nothing all of a sudden. Right. Not only it not only is that aspect of that that you come out of of this. So you're 20 and 30 and you're single, okay? You come out of this thing, you have you you have no so you have no social life anymore, okay? All your friends are gone. You you don't you can't you don't the churches for the most part, we go to small groups once or twice a week, but there's not this strong community. United, in the United States, we don't have this strong community in churches of, of people hanging out together. Right. You know, there's but, just not. But to play devil's advocate there, and that's what I'm doing right now, but, but yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't someone from, from, uh, Gladstone just say, but, but you say we don't have friends, but we have the community. We have that community. They all love each other. We, we, we're all one family. We're yes, also together. Yes. So, but what, what can you, but, but, but there's something to be said about the quality of that family. And, and can you comment on that? Yeah, that totally is. 
And I can say that as one who came out of a cult. I came out of a cult myself years ago. There is a sacrifice. But, you know, God calls us to sacrifice. You, If you're in there and those are all your friends, those are all your social life, that's the only thing you knew, there's all your events, and you would come out, and I've seen this with other people there. They came out, and they're, they don't, not only have nothing and nothing to do and no community, they, they are under this cloud of oppression, of dark oppression, until if they can get with the Lord, get with people that can mentor them, and get on their feet again in Jesus. But it, there is, I don't belittle that. They will, when you come out, there will be a sacrifice. There is of giving up that. But God is bigger. And he will provide. When I came out of the cult I was in, I lost everything overnight. Everything. All my friends, all my, the people I hung out with, everything I did. And I just, I just sought the Lord. Just staying, I just always was seeking the Lord. And he gave me a friend, and he gave me another friend in another church that was outside of this group. And he built a new life for me. It's, it might not happen overnight, yeah. but God is faithful. He is faithful to, to do that. And right. you might not know what, how that looks like, but he is faithful. And, and so you're saying, and, and as we've been hearing, that that seems to be a really, really, uh, foundational common denominator for people who leave a place like, uh, like Gladstone. They leave crushed. They leave shattered and unable to, to really function for themselves. Like, like Scott said a few couple of weeks, several weeks ago, you know, he said, you know, you can, you can, you can leave a church and go on to find another church and, you know, and, and you'll get adjusted in no time. When you leave a, from Gladstone, you leave completely broken. You leave, you leave com- completely unable to perceive that there's any, any kind of future for yourself outside. And so that seems to be something that, that a lot of young people uh, who are there right now in class or now are, 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 they're bound there because they, they can't see beyond that. They can't believe that there really is any place else to go. And, and that seems to be a, a real struggle for, for so many of them in thinking. Even even considering the notion of leaving or, or, or looking beyond it, and, and that's something that uh, that appears to be something that really binds so many there. I'm sure that many of them don't even want to consider it because they don't want to face the fallout. They've yeah. seen it with other people, and they know what it's going to look like, and it's it's nothing they can handle emotionally. And they just, they don't want to do it. Let me give an example here with Eric. So, um, as we're, as I'm going through these weeks with Eric and saying, but Eric, what do you think? What do you, getting alone with the Lord, think about, you know, anything. So something would come up. I'd ask him, what do you think? And he'd say, well, so this person told me I should do this. I said, but what do you think? What do you think? Do you have the Holy Spirit living in you? Yes. Get their, get their, um, input. But what do you think? And he just couldn't go there. Well, I, I don't, you know, well, maybe I sort of, but he thinks, you know, that's how the conversation will go. Well, I, um, so a job situation came up and he was, he was okay. I mean, he was, he was going along with his job, but a friend of us, a friend of ours had a job opening and, um, and I mentioned it to him. I said, this, this guy has this job opening. Would you, would you want to even look at it? I said, no big deal if you don't, but it just came open. And he said, you know, I'd really, really like that. He said, I don't know how that's going to go. I said, 
let me say to you this. Let this be a, um, a testing ground for you because in a healthy church or Christian group, if, um, or any community at that, if you would have a job opportunity that you think that you would like to take that's, you know, healthy, it's nothing unethical about it. Mm-hmm. Your community would support you, maybe give you input, but support you in that. A healthy community would say, yeah, tell us about it. What are you doing? How's the interview? Or, you know, they would, they would walk with you through it. And it's friends. So I said, you have all rights to do that. We have, my husband and I, I said, Eric, we have no opinion on it with you. Go into it and see what you think. You know, we, it sounds like it's nice. It might not be a good fit. Just walk into it and see what you think. You, when he started walking into that, it just, it just literally, it just blew up in his face. It was like, it was to us even more so, uh, just to see how they reacted to this. That it was like, oh, you're going to let us down. You're, um, it, it was all about him turning, doing turncoat on the community and not uh, coming under the elders, what, you know, what an elder would want them to do, or it was all about, um, how he was making wrong decisions and he, they, he didn't go through them. It was, it was just crazy. It was insane. And I think that was sort of an eye, it was an eye opening for him a bit. It was just one of many. But I just say that as an example to like, hopefully these people that are in there would see this stuff is in, this is not at all biblical. You are free in Christ to make some of these decisions. And get you this input. When you have people pounding on you to control you like this, you, you need to take a second look at what you're involved in here. Um, how long did it take, how long did it take before you, I mean, you said you got involved in 2012, 10 years ago, and you, you, you obviously, it seemed all very innocuous, seemed very innocent, seemed very pure and biblical. How long was it before you started seeing things weren't adding up? Uh, and, uh, I mean, you're obviously, you're, you're giving us a different perspective now, which is, which is yeah. the way it is, but how long did it take before you started seeing these rough edges that, that couldn't be explained well, away? Not, not until Eric got involved did I see this at all. Not until he, you know, got into the inner workings and was very involved and embedded in it did I, we see this at all. You what wouldn't see it at that? all. What year would that have been? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I'm bad at that. So, you know, let's say a year after I first met them, maybe. Okay. Maybe, I guess. Uh, that's I don't fine. Know. That's fine. Um, so he, uh, yeah, because as I said, he's, Zach's a really good teacher. And I'm going to leave it at that. Maybe he is a teacher and he's got off the wrong road, you know, and there's mercy there. I, I'm not going to say how he's, God is looking at him. I just know that what he's, how he's training kids and people right now is, is wrong. It's biblically wrong and it's dark. And, and that's what is clear to us. And a lot of other parents and people that have come out that are sort of, are quiet, are quiet now. Let them heal, let people deal with it, you know, but they, that is very, very clear to us. So, yeah. I don't want to say this about the community that, like, they have a lot of the elders have a lot of biblical knowledge, understanding of scripture, and can teach and can can you know teach much better than most people in there. I don't be intimidated. I would hope the key people in there that are considering what's going on in Gladstone aren't intimidated 
by their biblical knowledge and their ways they, they can talk you down. You can be led by the Holy Spirit and understand what's going on with even he- with having a lot less maturity in in scripture than other people because there's telltale signs that are not of the Holy Spirit. If you sense the control, if you sense this, if they're telling a lie or if they're telling the truth, but if you sense that these, uh, this group, this elder, this pastor, whatever, has an element of control that would be manifest in this way, in dominating, intimidating, or manipulating you in some way, and you can, the, the newest Christian can sense that in their spirit, and they might put that to death and say, let's say, you know, they might be yeah. around someone and say, dude, I just feel manipulated here, but I guess yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah, no, you, don't, you, you don't have to be a believer to understand when you're being being bullied. Yes. And being controlled and manipulated. So, when you're a Christian, you have that sense in the Holy Spirit that you can sense when you are being controlled or intimidated by something like, oh, man, I liked it, but you're so intimidated. Someone is speaking over you or dominating you or manipulating you. Trust that that is never the Holy Spirit. Never. He never does that. Okay, you know, we believe that. We understand that. But why don't anyone people, why are so many young people there in Gladstone not seeing that? Well, I don't think they, I don't think they have the spiritual uh, awakening to see that yet. I think if they do, if they start to understand that, because they've just been taught, this is how authority works. This is how we function. And if they begin to see, have some, have some, um, wisdom and knowledge in the scriptures of, of the gentleness of a leader, that's not to say a leader doesn't reprove or bring discipline, but it's not in a control. He doesn't control all the people in the church. He doesn't control every aspect of your life. He might pull you aside and say, hey, you know what, This you can't live here, you're in sexual sin, or that, you know, Godspeed to you, and, and we hope the best for you. <laughs> but he's not going to come in and control that, um, uh, you know, what you're going to do at night, or, or if you, when you want to go over to your mom's house, or when you want to go spend the night with your friend in Cleveland or something, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's this whole aspect of control. And then when you say something and you're out of line, you feel this heavy hand of intimidation come on you, dominating from an elder. You realize this isn't the enemy. This is not the spirit of the Holy Spirit. And I believe if kids got that, if these guys got this under them and have a basis, a, a solid basis of the love of God and how God disciplines and how God moves and how he raises up young men and women, he, they, <clears throat> they would see what is going on there. Mm-hmm. So you say that it's just purely a spiritual thing, a, pure, a spiritual bondage. I think a, a, the spiritual battle is a big part of it. Right. <laughs> Excuse okay. me. Um, and, it also, but, but, and it is also part of the the, 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 the whole the whole belly of the beast. I mean, it's it, like you said, these young people with no life experience or bad life experience are brought into a situation where, where their environment is completely controlled. It's completely um, uh, curated and steered and, and, and socially engineered to so where, where they're taught that, that to question or think for themselves is like, is like a second deadly sin. 
And so mm-hmm. they, they, they stop thinking. Their, their, their thinking yeah. actually ceases. And, 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 and in essence, uh, that's what, uh, like I said, the, the, what they are doing here is just not, not growing. Like you said, they're not developing. And, and in essence, this, this is where the, the control really bites in hard. It, it's as much the spiritual side as it is developmental. And I think that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a very important part for people to understand that that's where the bondage comes from. It's, and that's mm-hmm. where people are just not, people are, are, are staying places like, like Glassstone because they don't know better. And the ability for them to understand the workings of the spirit, as, as you've mentioned, uh, are, are totally shut down because it's all been, they've been taught. It's all channeled through Zach and the eldership and those over them, right? Uh, seemingly, yeah. I mean, how, however, they're, they, they work through their different people, but they aren't allowed to have their, if they have a contrary voice to what is being taught, what is being, um, what they want to do there, or they don't have a voice. They aren't told to, um, you know, to go with that. Or like, like that, that example I just said, like Eric, um, who wanted to do that job. And and he was still going to do one purse. It wasn't like he was even leaving community. Um, that any any parent I know, and I'm as I said, I'm 66 years old. I've raised we've raised kids. They they would want their kid to have that healthy process of understanding that. Right. Mm-hmm. You would want that. You want you would want your kid, and then you got to let the leash off a little. You know, your kid maybe is immature. <clears throat> he falls, then he gets up again. You. He might get grounded or something happened, but then you just let the leash out more and they grow and they mature and you pray and they mature in the Lord. You know, hopefully they get a hold of the Lord and a stronger way from themselves. But that's how, a, that's how you raise kids. Look in the natural to see the spiritual. A lot of times you can see um, that just how a parent raises a healthy parent and a healthy Christian home raises a kid. Well, this was not going on there. You know, I'm not saying that, but, but they are sitting in the place of elders and like parents to these kids. Okay. These younger people, they're not kids. I, I say kids, they're not kids. I mean, my kids are in their thirties and forties now, but so these are, these are people that need, that should have long ago been able to stand on their own and, and raise a household, but they're even taught that having a household or d- desiring their own own house, their own independent living outside where they would be, uh, learn how to take care of their own family. They're, they're not being taught that. I, I, I believe that a lot of this is happening and it's emasculating a man. And I'm not saying maybe he's not masculine. I'm saying they, they're taking the responsibility of a, a godly head of a house that's a servant leader, but truly leading uh, and teaching a man how to lead a, a house in a godly servant way, they're taking that away from a man because they're stepping in and telling this man how to raise his house, how to, how to, you know, tell, you know, that a wife has to go back to work like within a short time after a pregnancy and after a birth. That should be their family's decision. No one should step in. And tell a family when a wife should be going back to work or not. If she wants to go back to work and it's, and her and her husband have decided that, go. If she wants to stay home with the kids, but, but the community is walking in on this and telling them, 
And here's the funny, this is the bad thing. You sort of signed up for this going there. But I think, I think now, you know, a lot of these people are trapped. They don't, they don't have another place to turn. They, um, and they do, uh, that's the hard thing is, is that they, um, they are in a way trapped in a place that they don't know what to do next. And that's what a lot of, um, my friends and I, that hey, we have been meeting and we do have a concern and some parents have more concern because they have involvement there. Uh, we, we want to help. We want to be a, we want to be a refuge. We want to be able to talk to people and help them out, you know, help them to what they would need at the next step. You know, mm-hmm. ultimately, as I said, we had tried to talk to Zach. You know, I'm not trying to come in like a, to be his counselor. He didn't ask me to. I'm going to come in and my husband and I were going to come in and, and talk to him like a mom and dad because of saying, look, this is not how you raise kids. This is not, this is not how you do. You're not going to make healthy, spiritual kids that can make their own decisions in the Lord. But well, you, you know, mentioned, unfortunately, you mentioned the fact that, well, you were part of a process that tried to bring uh, bring the the critical need for Zach and the elders to recognize this before them, and and maybe you can now now we can at this point move back into a discussion. You, you began discussing how that took place and uh, how that how did that start and, and you know what happened and, and and where did it go and what was going on there. But what what actually got you really uh, to the point where you just feel like you need to actually go and and and, and confront them? What, what stemmed from that? Well, as I said, just watching Eric and watching him being controlled, we, it was just a simple request. That's the best way to explain it of just wanting to sit and talk to him or talk to him on the phone. We just like call him and say, Hey, listen, this is what we're seeing. What do you, what's your, what's your take on this or what, what's going on? It could have been that simple. That's all we wanted. And, um, and it was just refused. And this is not new. As I, as we've walked into this more, I have heard this from many other people, parents that, and people that have tried to have a sit down with these elders or Zach and it has not happened. So, so as time went on with this, uh, and we just kept on saying my husband would talk, Zach had brought other people in on this. It was, it's like, why do you, why are we bringing other people in? We just, we're not going to hound you here. We just want to sit and talk to you. And, but it became this bigger issue that culminated in a bigger meeting we had with several pastors and, um, yeah. and some, and some support. Mostly it was just supporters of Gladstone. And, um, there was another pastor there that was, not really supporting Gladstone, but he didn't really talk. And my husband and I just got to say just exactly what we're saying now, just about the wrong kind of authority, the control, the, that we believe it's a cult, a cult being not just um, identified by some false biblical teachings of authority and other things, but of the control. Issues. It's really a really big issue. I mean, a really big uh, hot button controversy. 
Well, it, it was, it's silly. It was, I don't, I didn't think this meeting was, it was just supposed to be a simple thing. It, it wasn't, it was no big deal, this meeting. No one really talked. Um, people talked about, um, how they supported Gladstone and the good things Gladstone did and, and they've done all those things, you know, they're, as I said, if you see them, they're, they are very serving. They're very giving and very serving. And, um, from, from when you see that, that's, that's how, that's all the impression you have of them. But that's, but, you know, we were just happy that we got to share what we wanted to share. Okay. And we just believe that when you share what God has put on your heart to share, you leave it in God's hands and go. And if people, other men, people didn't see it or they didn't want to share it, that's, that's them. That's on them. That's, you know, however, why they didn't or, or didn't see it, we don't know. But it just, you know, it just didn't go anywhere. The meeting went nowhere. And so, you know, we just left it. We, we did what we did and we felt we had a good sense about it, got to speak what we did and that was it. So, um, you know, we just, we just let it go, but there's, we have been concerned over the years and along with other parents and people that have come out and we, we, we won't not have a voice. We will have a voice with this because, because there's kids in there that are suffering. There's people in there under this control, like Eric was, that need to have people speak into this. And, um, like Christy, Christy is paid a price. I, I hear her. She's a friend of mine now and she has basically lost relationships with her kids. And, and boy, she, she loves her kids so much, but this, this thing has put a wall between them and, and there's others too. So, but, uh, there's no agenda with us uh, as far as like it's when we talk or when we have meet together. We simply want to be the body of Christ for those people who would like to talk to someone or would want to have a way out or just need someone to talk to. That's just as yeah. simple as it is. Right, and you know something Zach says about himself. You know, uh, on their Madison Place website, uh, he, he he has actually an entire section of his website discussing uh, the the matter of controversies. And he says this: He says, um, uh, "It's our sincere prayer that the Father would, by His grace, give us the humility to admit and change when we are wrong, the compassion and love to forgive when we are wronged." And the wisdom and light to walk wisely before him in these dark days. Now, that's a very high and very noble standard to, uh, to set yourself up to, to, uh, um, to aspire to, but it's clearly nothing that Zach really is, is really abiding by, nor, nor any of his elders, is it? You know, I, reminds me of the saying that, be very, very, very careful when, um, when the enemy is speaking lies, but, uh, but be more careful when he's speaking truth. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and you, we have to, that's, that's the things like that is what's very confusing to people in there mm-hmm. because it's, it's a correct statement. 
Right. And it is. As, mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's, and, it, and it seems to people that are caught up in there that when persecution or, or what is perceived as persecution would rise up against them and voice against them, that they are being um, martyred or persecuted for truth. Okay. Right. Right. So it's, it's, it is going to take, when you're in a cult, and I can, I'm just saying this from who I'm counseled and from my experience, you have got to be willing to stand against the flow and hear a voice of truth. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to have to be, and, and I, my heart is with them because there is a price to pay. And, but there's a gain on the other side down the road. Right. But, but, you know, they were going to have to listen and, and, and go back, go back. I just, if anything, it's just that. Go back to the, the whole spirit of the whole thing again. Identify the ministry of what you're being taught under. And if those aspects of that ministry are there, get out. If you are being manipulated, if you are being controlled, if you are being intimidated, you may not even know you're being intimidated because you've been intimidated so long or dominated. But if you're going to be honest with yourself, you will know this is happening to you. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be willing then to stand up, call someone for help. You might not go through it alone. You know, call someone and... um. You know, because the shaming will hit you to the core because you've been so open to the shaming and, um, the, 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 uh, just the, re- the idea of being rebuked for doing something you're about to do. You've got to be just willing to do it. But there are, there, the, what the good thing is there's us mothers and fathers and grandmothers on the outside now that are willing to, uh, are willing to love you in the Lord. Right. And that is important for people to understand yeah. that there is life outside a very closed circle. There really, it truly is that life. It's just for people to understand that everything that they've been seeing, everything they've been experiencing that hasn't added up and really, as you've mentioned, really shows that there's some very bad things going on there. Uh, shouldn't be any longer just tolerated as just something that you, you, uh, let flow as part of a consequence of being in, in a, in a community that is suffering, uh, all kinds of persecution. And so therefore you just give them the easy out. Like you said, many people don't understand that who are living there is that, you know, if, if they were anybody else outside, uh, Gladstone seeing what they are seeing and someplace else, they would immediately call out for what it is, abuse. A manipulation. They would immediately call out for, for what it, what it actually is going on there. They would see that, say, well, this is cultic. Uh, th- this is damaging. Uh, this is unbiblical. Uh, but in, in a movement like Gladstone, they've been successfully persuaded to shut their brains off, to stop critically thinking, and to right. just let their spiritual uh, cues and all their thinking flow from one source. And, and in the meantime, they're kept so busy working in this work covenant, working for this community, constantly on the go, and then being subject to criticism by anyone around them who can call them out for whatever slight they see, that they're always on the go. They never have a chance to think straight. 
they don't have a chance to really, really relate properly. I mean, they, and they're taught that the only acceptable way to socialize is with each other. And mm-hmm. to and to draw only upon one another's perspectives as the only source of truth, as long as it lines up with what Zach and the elders teach, and mm-hmm. they teach beautifully. They teach mm-hmm. these beautiful, biblical, uh, high-flowing, beautiful thoughts about about unity and community and loving each other and doing what Jesus wants. And yet, and they're teaching through the Bible. And yet, at the same time, what they do. How the exercise authority is 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 utterly abusive, utterly crushing, and, and, and utterly um, uh, so anti-Christian to the core. And 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 that's what I'm. And certainly, I certainly do agree with you, and certainly will pray with you that these young men and women and that are there will finally wake up and and smell the pizza. So, Jody, mm-hmm. I, you've you've brought to us a very unique perspective. Uh, since you're, you're, you're not a former member, but you've been very close to a lot of the people there. So as, as we, cl- as we close the interview today, is there anything else you'd like to say, uh, to perhaps anyone else there that, that may be listening that, that would take, uh, some really good, uh, counsel from what you're about to say? Um, not really. I, I think it's just mainly, uh, uh, what I did say and, um, I, as, and I guess I would just add to it again. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to step out into a whole new way here. That question, question things. Don't be afraid. God's given you that, that, um, check. He's given you that thing in, that wants you to be using the faculties of your spirit enlightened mind to know some things that you have not been able to, um, investigate. You have not been able to even think these things through. They're too dangerous in that community. But maybe think through some of these things. Think this, you know, I maybe would like to do this. I sort of want to step out of something. And it's okay in the Lord. It's okay to do that. Um, and I think I just challenge to break out of the box here. Life is short and God is good, and we just need to come to a new place of saying, I'm going to kick the walls down here and, and go a new direction, maybe. Right. As, and, yeah. and that's that's a closing, a great closing exhortation. And one of the things I, I've always liked to say is one of these days we're going to get together a T-shirt and we're going to do it as a fundraiser for our ministry. And it's just going to say two words on it. Question authority, Revelation chapter 2, verse 2 where Jesus said, I know you can't tolerate wicked people, but you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not, and you found them false. So Jesus is saying here, it's okay to question legitimately. It's okay It's mm-hmm. okay to question even those who come off like they're the apostles of God. He, he, mm-hmm. he, he commended the church for doing that. And so that's a good closing thought that we'd like to yes. leave with our, with our uh, audience today. So once again, Jody, thank you so much. Okay. Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going. Our prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and, if necessary, challenged in your daily journey through life. Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org. 
We look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you.